Hello, happy college football Saturday. Welcome to Respect My Decision. I'm your host, Zach Barry. This is going to be a, uh, we're going to have fun on this podcast. This is going to be something where we talk a lot about college football recruiting. We talk about how the the ever-changing landscape and the scope of recruiting and how important it is for different programs, whether they be Power Five, Group of Five, everywhere, how they are going about their business on the recruiting trail. I'm your host, Zach Barry. As you can see on the bottom of the screen, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Barry on Twitter. Welcome in. Uh, happy to be a part of Landry Football Network. Uh, this is going to be an exciting podcast to do. It is going to be one, like I said, about college football recruiting. We're going to talk national recruiting. We're going to talk East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, Texas, Southeast, Deep South. We're going to do it all. We're going to have guests on here. Um who cover recruiting nationally, uh, whether that be from Rivals, 247 Sports, The Athletic. We're going we're gonna to talk to them all, and uh, we're going to have them right here on the Landry Football Network. Uh, thanks for joining me if you're on Twitch. Um, welcome in. This is going to be a show, like I said, where we cover the nuts and bolts of recruiting, why kids choose to go to this school, why they choose to go to this school, and it's uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to we're going to dive into what goes into a decision. I, uh, I'm a firm believer in a decision being based on relationships and a uh, certain fit. I think that a kid will choose a school based on the relationship that he has, whether it be with the position coach, with his primary recruiter, or with the head, co- head coach, or all of the above. Uh, it's something that I think is uh, is going to be massively um, impacted by COVID-19. We're going to eventually get into that as well uh, here on this show. But like I said, this is uh, this is going to be fun. So so strap in. We're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk to uh, plenty of people that uh, do it every single day. And uh, it's going to be a good time. So uh, so strap in. Take a sip of. uh some uh some liquid gold there um i don't know anybody out there big starbucks big uh big dunkin donuts i'm a big starbucks guy Uh, i I found that the toasted graham k-cup is easily the best that i have ever had so if you haven't had it i highly recommend it all right so let's talk let's talk covid19 and and the impact that it has had on recruiting in this cycle 2021 is we've heard it so many times during the the pandemic and during the shutdown and how it has affected everyone um unprecedented times and uh it is certainly that for recruiting um the shutdown began uh, earlier this spring and it has essentially changed the entire landscape i, I mentioned the ever-changing landscape and the scope of recruiting when we first started and it, it has done that. And then some, it has eliminated all in-person contact, in-person visits, meetings. You can't do any of that right now. Um, The dead period has been extended through the end of the year and into 2021. I'm not sure how that's going to affect the early signing period. The early signing period that is ever so popular these days has been for the past couple of years. Uh, A lot of prospects are wanting to graduate high school early 
and uh, they want to get on campus and go ahead and get acclimated to college, get into a college weight room, get into a, uh, a strength and conditioning program, get on a nutrition plan, start eating right, taking care of their bodies. That is what kids want to do now. And signing early has become the it thing to do. And I, you know, I, I to be honest, I can't blame them. It's you want to go ahead and get on campus and you want to start getting into the rhythm and getting into what it is to be a college athlete and be a student athlete. So um, I don't know with COVID-19, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that this year. It's um, it's something that is, is probably on the minds of a lot of prospects. Are, are they going to be able to sign early uh, with COVID? Um, it's, it, I don't know. The dead period's all the way through January 2021 right now. I really don't know if they're going to allow a early signing period. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to. Um, but with no in-person visits, no campus visits, um, coaches can't go into a house. Are prospects going to be comfortable with their decision? Are they going to be comfortable enough if they have not visited that campus, if they have not met face-to-face with a coach, if they have not had a non-Zoom, non-Skype, non-FaceTime conversation with their future head coach, with their future position coach, with their primary recruiter? Are they comfortable enough to sign early and to sign on the dotted line? And, you know, whether that's going right down the road to a state school or if it's going across country to, you know, a Pac-12 or a Big Ten or SEC school, are they comfortable enough without being able to meet in person? That's That's the question. So COVID has has affected that. Um, and then, like I said, the no in-person visits, the the no on-campus visits is, is huge because a lot of these coaches are very personable. They're very charismatic and they can win recruits over when they're in person. They might be on the fence. They might be down to a, a top three, a top five, a top seven. And they're trying to, you know, they, they need to make a decision and they need to, you know, what does this school offer me that this school doesn't? They're, they're trying to find, you know, a, a, some kind of element in a coach, some kind of element in a campus, a school, a program, a weight room, uh, an amenity, anything. They're trying to find some kind of factor that's going to sway their decision. Can they do that if they're not on campus? I don't know. I really don't think you can. Um, now most kids these days, as I said, at the top of the show, it's about relationships and relationships are key. And I think that if a prospect is going to feel comfortable with the relationship that they have built with a the coach, then they feel comfortable being there and, and being able to get acclimated and feel like they're part of a, a community, part of a family they're part of the university, part of the campus, then I think that that decision is, is, is far more easier to make because um, if, it, if it's, you know, without sounding too hokey, too cliche, if it's a home away from home, then you're going to be just fine. So. Um, probably the main thing that COVID-19 has impacted with recruiting in this cycle to me is is 
kind of playing off what I said about that factor, that it factor that recruits are looking for. There are a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches in their first year in 2021 um, that really need in-person contact, really need that one-on-one face-to-face meeting to really be impactful in recruiting. Um, a couple names that, that jump out to me immediately from the SEC, uh, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin, both at the uh, Mississippi schools, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Both of those guys, yin and yang, complete opposites in a lot of ways, but they're both offensive minds, and uh, they both know how to reach a player, and they both know how to use their their character, their personality, to kind of further their recruiting. And they're not able to do that right now because they're unable to to get on campus and, or get recruits on campus, I should say. And, and that's going to be detrimental to their recruiting efforts this year. And I know that with, with COVID-19 comes an asterisk, and that's something that, you know, a lot of people who, who can, you know, have some perspective, have some nuance and, and see things the right way, they'll be able to know that this 2021 class is, look, it may not be, may not be your best, not at all. And that's fine. Um, but those two coaches are going to be affected by it. another new coach in his first year, Mike Norvell down in Tallahassee at Florida state. Same thing, just a, um, an unfortunate thing to have to deal with in your first season in a power five job. Now, Mike Norvell is still recruiting at a, at a relatively high level right now. Um, the Seminoles now struggling on the field. Uh, they still got a bit of a rebuild on their hands, but they're, but they're doing okay. They're 28th in the, in the rivals team rankings right now with three, four stars are averaging about 3.19 per prospect. Uh, that's the average star rating. Um, right below them, a couple spots. I just talked about Mike Leach, Mississippi state. They're 30th in the team rankings, three, four stars as well. Uh, an average star rating of right at three. Um, and then if we're taking a look at the other first year head coach, Ole Miss at 54, uh, their average star rating is right over three at 3.07. They have four, four stars on their, uh, commitment list, only 14 overall commits. And, uh, that's another thing. Let's talk about that. I uh, just talked about Mississippi State and Florida State. Um, Florida State has 16 commits right now. Mississippi State has 19. Uh, I, I want to I touch on this because I think this is important. I think that this is uh, all three of these head coaches are kind of going about their business on the recruiting trail the exact same way. Uh, if we scroll up towards the top of the team rankings, you've got Alabama overall number one. No surprise there. Nick Saban and company always recruited a high level. They have 21 commits. Ohio State right behind them recruiting, I mean, at an insane clip right now, two five-stars, 14 four-stars, an average star rating of 3.89. Average star rating is actually higher than Alabama's. Um, Alabama edges them out with 15 four-stars, giving them the nod to get the number one spot. Oregon at number three right behind them at 21. And then Southern Cal. Clay Helton and company. A lot of people think he's on the hot seat. A lot of people think that uh, he's a little bit under fire there. 20 total commits right now, 15 four stars, average star rating of 375, 
Florida, the Gators round out the top five. Dan Mullen and company are doing an outstanding job. We saw them in week one against Lane Kiffin. Uh, put on an absolute clinic on offense. Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts are they, – they seem to be in sync, one would say. They uh, looked absolutely incredible offensively. That defense is only going to get better week in and week out. With the talent that they have accumulated there and Todd Grantham's defense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. We all know how uh, Todd likes to blitz, so it's, it's, it's going to be a – very aggressive uh, flying all over the place defense, but Florida rounds out the top five, 24 total commits, average star rating 3.58. So I want to talk about this. All, all five of those schools outside of Ohio state, who's right there at 19 have 20 or more commits. Now, if we look at those three first year head coaches and take a look at their commit column, Florida state 16, Mississippi state 19, and then Ole Miss at 14. I think this is something that you can easily point to and look at how COVID has impacted this 2021 cycle. I think all three of those head coaches are very diligent and they're being adamant about how they're going about their business on the recruiting trail. They are being very selective and they are all looking for a specific need, a specific fit. Um, we hear a lot of talk about size speed ratio and how that is something that coaches want to look for that now it, a fit into their system is probably the most important thing that a coach is looking for in a kid. They want to make sure that they fit their system on and off the field. The, uh, second thing I think is, you know, is this going to be someone, especially in, in, in a 2021 cycle where, like I said, recruiting class is probably going to have an asterisk next to it. I think that it's important to, okay, is this guy going to be an impactful dude in year one or at least year two? Um, can he play in 2021? Will he be ready to compete for a job in 2022? I don't think you're going to see a ton of coaches in this cycle, especially don't think these three. I don't think you're going to see a lot of dudes – looking at projects, looking at prospects who might be tweeners, who might be, you know, hey, like they do a lot of good things at the high school level, but I don't know if they fit in our system, but we'll take a chance on him just to see what we got. I think uh, scholarships are going to be at a premium right now, and I think that that's something that coaches are going to be very, very adamant about is, look, we're not just filling spots. We are going to be very, very selective with how we do things in this class. And I think that Ole Miss, Florida State, and Mississippi State are doing just that. Um, Lane Kiffin looking for a specific size-speed ratio for his offense. His defensive coordinators, DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge, same thing. They're running a 4-2-5 scheme, very multiple, very fast. They're trying to find guys that fit that system. Mike Leach, we know he likes to throw the ball around, the air raid. KJ Costello. And the Bulldogs put on an absolute show down on the Bayou in Baton Rouge. Put a hurting on LSU. Now, LSU is not the same LSU as, as last year. Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, Dave Aranda, Clyde Edwards-Elair, uh, all those receivers, uh, not all of them, but most of them are gone. Um, not a lot of firepower. Miles Brennan's got to get settled in, but, but Mississippi State hit him in the mouth and uh, – you know, when you throw for for the most yards ever, 
uh, at an SEC game, then uh, you're going to get a lot of people's attention. Uh, so Leach is obviously looking for guys to to fit his system and his air raid system. He's looking for a specific quarterback. He's looking for a specific offensive lineman, a specific receiver. Um, they got a hell of a running back in Colin Hill. Uh, so I don't know if they're ever going to have any trouble throwing the football this year, but Colin Hill can definitely tote the rock. So if they ever have to run the football, they'll be okay. But it's all about it's all about fit, and then the same thing on their defense. Uh, they're running the three three five now in Starkville, so obviously you're you're trying to find fits for that defense. You gotta you gotta have really aggressive run stoppers up front, and then you gotta have some a, a good mix of linebackers. They gotta be able to run, and they gotta be able to cover. And then you got five defensive backs, so you gotta have some flexible defensive backs back there. They gotta be big and physical to to make plays and uh, tackle in the run game, and then they got to be able to cover. So uh, everything is about fit. Florida State, Mike Norvell, we know he loves the up-tempo. We know he loves the offense to get up and down the field quick, fast, and in a hurry. He's looking for a specific skill set there. Uh, it all starts at the quarterback position. He he did wonders at Memphis in his final years with, with Brady White. Um, and right now he, he's trying to, to find his stride there at Florida State with uh, – with James Blackman and and they're trying to to get off the snide after two tough weeks they uh they they took a a big L to Miami in a rivalry game uh Manny Diaz and company got things rolling down there but um but yeah it, this this class I think now you're gonna see some you're gonna see some some programs that may not be as selective they might just want to go about it and you know hey we just need bodies in here and then we'll kind of pick and choose as we go and we'll find the winners, and then the others, you know, they'll just kind of fall in line in the, in the depth chart and fill out the two deep. Uh, I think that Florida State and Mississippi State and Ole Miss are looking for a specific type of recruit, and they're not going to waste spots. I think that that's something I, I feel very comfortable saying. Um, as I say that, I'm looking right here, and I see Baylor. I just mentioned Dave Aranda. No longer in Baton Rouge. He is in Waco, head coach of the Baylor Bears. I think he is going about his business the same way. Baylor, 19 commits, um, average star rating at 284. Uh, 19, a little bit more than than the 16 of the Seminoles and the and the uh, the uh, 14 for Ole Miss, but staying, I think, true to the let's evaluate and let's make sure that they fit our system model. So um, I think that's certainly something to watch in this cycle. Um, I want to touch on something else um, that was interesting to me. Uh, a buddy pointed this out and, and I thought that it was in, incredibly uh, interesting. Um, the 2017 class. So coming up, um, rounding out their final days in college. Um, I guess you would say last year was a was a draft year for some, um, because still in college football we're not we're not dealing with the one and done type type deal. Um, but this was interesting to me. A buddy pointed this out, and I, and I'll read it out to you. Um, so out of the twenty seventeen. Out of the Rivals 2017 class, uh, the top 10 players, only two 
left for the draft early. And only one went in the first round. If you're if you're rattling your brain right now trying to figure out who it was, I'm going to take a sip of coffee. I'll give you a second to see if you can tell me who the first player taken uh, in the first round was out of that 2017 class. All right, if you don't got it, uh, it would be Heightsville, Maryland native, DeMatha alum, Ohio State Buckeye Chase Young. Obviously went in the top five, big-time talent, um, now plays for the Washington football team. But that was the only first-rounder. The other guy, let me take another sip of coffee, let you try to see who the other early NFL draft enrollee, I guess you could say, was. All right. That would be Clinton, Mississippi's own Cam Akers, who went to Florida State. Uh, we were just talking about Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Chose the Seminoles, who we were also just talking about over the Rebels. Uh, Cam Akers also left early for the draft. He went. Uh, he did not go in the first round, but those two guys in the NFL now, Cam Akers with the Rams, Chase Young with the Washington football team. So I found that very interesting that uh, out of the top 10, those were the only two that chose to leave early, which I, I do, I do find that interesting. I think that that is in, incredibly uh, encouraging. I think that uh, college players now are, are kind of seeing the benefit of, of picking a school that fits you picking a coaching staff that fits you, a campus, a university, finding a, a, a college that you would like to study in. Maybe you want to get a degree. Maybe, you know, that's, maybe that's not the most important thing to everybody, but I do think players now are finding it more and more uh, of a regular thing and, and more and more beneficial to stay in school for an extra year, stay in school, you, you know, get bigger, faster, stronger, eat better, take care of your body, you know, use that extra year, use, you know, people like to call it the draft year, use that draft year to really put on show and, and show scouts what you have. Um, I, I don't think we'll, I think the days of college football players staying all four years is gone. Um, now I would say barring injury, uh, that would be something that I don't think would happen. And speaking of that, the two out of the top 10, um, unfortunately had to deal with injuries. Josh Kando um, from IMG Academy that went to Florida State and then Walker Little out of Houston, Texas, Episcopal, uh, who went to Stanford, both had to deal with injuries. Um, they came back, opted out. Um, so now they are getting ready for the NFL draft. But everybody else, the number one player in the country in 2017, Najee Harris, back at Alabama. The number two player, Marvin Wilson, back at Florida State. Number four, Alex Leatherwood, back at Alabama. Number six, Jalen Phillips, signed with UCLA. And, uh, you know, his name uh, is escaping me where he is now. He transferred, but um, but he came back. Uh, Chase Young, Walker Little, both gone. Uh, Baron Browning, out of Texas, Ohio State. And then Davis Mills rounds out the top 10 uh, at Stanford. How about that? How, how about this top 10? Two players go to Stanford. 
you've got two going to Ohio State and uh, three Florida State, two Alabama. It's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I found that interesting. And it's something that uh, is just incredibly I, – I, I would venture to say it's encouraging. I think it's good for players to stay an extra year and to improve themselves – and because, look, at the end of the day, the NFL draft is a, is a job interview. And it's, yeah, your, your, your job is to play a sport, um, but it's still a job interview. And I think that it's important to, to get all your proverbial ducks in a row and to literally and figuratively prepare yourself for that job interview. Get your body ready, get your mind ready, and, uh, and to really and truly prepare. So I think that that's something that um, was interesting that out of the top 10, only two um, left early. Now, I COVID changed things clearly with Kando and, and Little opting out. With, with no pandemic, I think that they're back and they're playing their final seasons in college in, in 2020. But unfortunately, the pandemic is here, so... Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be something that I, that I try to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, looking at, you know, our players going to opt out. I think if we want to take a look at the 2018 class, um, right now, I, this top 10, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty chalk. Um, number one player in the country, Trevor Lawrence, I think he is almost, Certainly, definitely, absolutely playing his last season as a Clemson Tiger. Justin Fields, who signed with Georgia but is now at Ohio State. Um, I don't know about I don't know about Justin Fields. Um, now Ohio State, whenever they play their season, now if he shows out, is he going to take that as his last go round as a Buckeye? I, who can say? I mean, I think that if he uh, if he has a a good year. I think he will leave. He's got the the size and the arm to play at the next level. Um, three and four, you've got two Trojans. Uh, well, one was a former Trojan, now Georgia Bulldog, but uh, Amon Ross St. Brown at number three, and then JT Daniels, now Georgia Bulldog, getting the start today, actually, for the Georgia Bulldogs against the Auburn Tigers. Uh, I don't know if he'll leave. Um, he's an interesting one because he's he's younger. Um, he, he was actually supposed to be in the 2019 class, graduated early. Um, he's coming off a knee injury, so I think he's probably, barring just absolutely going off for Georgia this year, I think he's going to come back for at least one more. But we'll see. Monroe St. Brown, um, highly skilled receiver. I would venture to say he probably will leave early but I don't know. Uh, number five, Xavier Thomas at Clemson. Number six, Micah Parsons at Penn State. Um, seven and eight, both Alabama. Iyabi Anova uh, and then Patrick Sertan. I think Patrick Sertan is going to be very high on people's boards, and I think that there's a good chance that that he'll leave early. Uh, Jamari Salier at Georgia. And then number 10, running back, Zamir White, Georgia. Zamir White's battling the, the ever-so-popular struggle in Athens and that splitting carries with other guys that are as talented or more talented than you. Um, but again, how about that? Another trend. 
we've got two Clemson, two Southern Cal, and then um, we've got two Alabama, one Penn State, and then we've got three Georgia Bulldogs in the top ten. Uh, so those guys, a lot of intrigue there. Uh, I, I, I like I like one, two, three, eight to go early. I think Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Patrick Sertan will leave early. Xavier Thomas, I believe, is dealing with an injury, so he's probably going to want to come back. Um, and yeah, I just just a lot to to go into that decision, but I think now um, is as any this time is as as good as any time to to leave early, especially with name image likeness still kind of up in the air. Um, so it, kids want to leave early. They, they, they want to go play in the NFL. That's their dream growing up. They want to go and fulfill that dream. I certainly think that that's something that, that, that they can, that they can and, and should be able to do and to go begin your career and, and earn a paycheck. And that's totally fine. If you want to leave early, I, I, I do think that that trend is growing where, more players are going to come back for that third, third year, fourth year. Um, but the fourth year one is, is, is starting to dwindle a little bit. Um, I don't really know if, if a kid is, is really going to do that, especially with, you know, people talk about your clock is starting um, as soon as you step on campus in college. I think your clock is, is starting also with your potential and how you, look not only on film but on paper to scouts and to nfl gm so that is something to consider when you're thinking about taking that next step and being an nfl player are you ready to forego your your last one or two years as you know an amateur athlete so to speak uh and if you want to go be an nfl player uh, I certainly think that that's – I fully support anybody that wants to be an NFL player. But, it, it again, are you ready mentally and physically to deal with that? It's A, a lot goes into being an NFL player and, and to being a professional. So the, the, these, these college football programs also definitely get these players ready. I know a lot of college football programs now uh, really prop up their – uh, their programs and, and their, their advisors that they have. Um, they use this a lot in recruiting where they've got a support system in place for prospects to prepare for the NFL, whether that be picking out a suit, uh, knowing how to answer questions in an interview, um, knowing how to uh, ask questions in an interview. I think that's one of the most important things you can learn as somebody that's graduating college uh or is a college graduate it's not only answering questions in interviews but asking the right questions in an interview is something that can set you apart and uh, a lot of college programs now have that and they now certainly use that in their recruiting like hey look we've got these we've got these plans in place we've got this support system we have these advisors that can prepare your kid for the next level not only physically on the field but mentally in here where we, we teach them how to, you know, be a 
you know, an advocate for joining a professional organization. So I think that's key. Um, last couple things here as, as we start to uh, wind down here on Respect My Decision again. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting uh, this, this new venture that I'm on, uh, part of the Landry Football Network. Make sure to check out LandryFootball.com. Like, subscribe, comment, rate it however you want to do it. Uh, we appreciate uh, all of your support. And uh, be sure to, to listen to the, the entire family of podcasts and the entire family uh, of shows that we have here on the Landry Football Network. Um, I want to look at the, uh, the team rankings again and, and, and kind of talk about a couple teams um, that have really jumped out to me in terms of, whoa, didn't think they'd be there. Uh, number 14, the Wisconsin Badgers. 19 overall commits, seven four stars, a three three seven overall star rating. Um, a couple names that that jump out here: uh, Nolan Rucky out of Lidditz, Pennsylvania, an offensive lineman, six eight two ninety five, um, big physical road grading type offensive lineman that the Badgers always have. Um, just just an absolute one man wrecking crew on the offensive line. Um, that's going to be probably a plug and play guy up there uh in Madison. TJ Bowlers, another four star, six three, two forty five defensive end out of Tiffin, Iowa. I, I think this TJ Bowlers, uh I really like his game. Uh weak side defensive end. So he's gonna be someone that can can really thrive in a three four defense, can put his hand in the ground and uh get after the quarterback, but can also stand up and and defend the run and also get out in space and cover. I like what, what TJ brings to this signing class um, in 2021. And then uh, one more Braylon Allen DB out of Wisconsin, 6'2, 220. Um, that's if you're building a safety, if you're creating a player on NCAA football, 6'2, 220 is about as good as it gets. Jim Leonard really likes this kid. Um, obviously Jim Leonard, the, the architect of the Badger defense, former Badger. Ever since taking over that defense, they have been one of the nation's best. Um, and that is uh, a good pickup there. Like I said, 6'2", 220. That'll get it done. Um, another team here that's, that's really shocked a lot of people, uh, sitting at number 16 overall, the North Carolina Tar Heels, Jumpman. Jumping up there, 17 overall commits, 10 four-stars for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. Leading the way, probably a top-five name in the 2021 class out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Six-foot, 210-pound inside linebacker Power Eccles. That is an outstanding name uh, out of Charlotte, Vance High School. Um North Carolina did battle with some big boys here. Auburn, Clemson, and uh, Tennessee were vying for Powers' commitment, and uh, the Tar Heels were able to convince him otherwise. Um, but Mac Brown is is doing an outstanding job um, with this recruiting class. They're 16th overall. Uh, Keyshawn Silver is another one defensive end out of Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Big physical 6'5", 255-pound defensive end. 
Um, Drake May, the quarterback, Charlotte, 6'4", 195. This is what's impressive to me um, is how much talent is in the Tar Heel State. Out of their, counting them here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Nine of their ten four stars are from North Carolina. Now, that's that'll do. If you've got that much talent in your state, then yeah, you might as well keep them home. the The lone non North Carolina four star Eli Sutton, offensive lineman out of Nashville, Tennessee, six seven two eighty. Big tall drink of water there. Um, but they've mixed it up here. I like what they've done with this recruiting class. They've got defense mixed in with offense. They've got a quarterback. They got a big running back in DeAndre Boykins. A um, lot of impactful guys here in the front seven. Uh, and then Gavin Blackwell, the receiver out of Moore, North Carolina, a very talented slot receiver. Um, so this is a, a job well done by, by Mac Brown and staff. I, uh, it was kind of it was kind of odd to follow this class throughout the pandemic, and they were recruiting their tails off. Um, if you look on the in the commit column, they've got one, two, three, um, four, five of their top prospects popped in March. Uh, you've got some April mixed in, then you've got some June uh, mixed in as well. Uh, so they were very active during the shutdown during the pandemic. So Big ups to to Mac Brown and company for utilizing Zoom and, and Skype and FaceTime and and just uh, you know selling what they have to offer to recruits and I think that that's big is uh, communication, especially uh, in a shutdown. How well can you communicate? Can you deliver your message? Can you can you really show them what you're selling, what you're giving them? if they're going to be there for the next three to four years. So, uh, yeah, Tar Heels look like they're, uh, they're, they're kind of here to stay right now. Um, Mac Brown, who, uh, (laughs) came out of retirement after, uh, leaving the hundred acres in Texas. Uh, he's now in Chapel Hill and he's doing well. Uh, last one here. This one's fun. This one's been fun to watch. Uh, and we'll we'll close after this. But Arizona State at 19th overall in the team rankings, 21 overall commits, 3.1 average star rating. Uh, the Sun Devils, under Herm Edwards, recruiting at an incredibly high level. Uh, they've got three, four stars, Isaiah Johnson, Ezra Dotson, Oyatede, and Dominique Lovett. Uh, this one, we talked a lot about North Carolina keeping town at home. Arizona State. Isaiah Johnson from California, Oyatede from Texas, and Lovett from East St. Louis, Illinois. Spreading it around. Spreading the love around. Um, the rest of their commitment list, you've got Burien, Washington, Orange, California, Mission Hills, California, Dallas, Texas, Orlando, Florida, Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, Queen Creek, Arizona. Uh, they're recruiting everywhere. Herm Edwards and his staff are doing an outstanding job. He's got a very, very heavy pro presence uh, on his staff. One notable uh, former Long Beach Poly head coach, Antonio Pierce, um, is on his staff. And, uh, I mean, it, it's uh, Kevin Mowai is on his staff, uh, a Hall of Famer. 
uh, all former all pro I, you know I'll, I'll say this i'll i'll eat all the crow i i will say it right here on respect my decision uh i didn't think herm edwards would work in tempe i legitimately did not think it would work i thought that that he was kind of out of his realm a little bit it's hard to just jump right back into coaching college even though herm was at the nfl level for a long time he did college way back in the day but man recruiting this is a recruiting podcast recruiting is completely different these days i can you can you can you not only learn how to coach college again but can you also learn how to adapt in recruiting i don't know if it's that easy but man herm and company are are, are making it look pretty easy right now 19th overall in the team rankings and uh recruiting nationally and, and doing a fantastic job uh with that so um this is something that is uh something to to keep an eye on um in the pac 12 whenever they're going to play this 2020 season um and then 2021 and beyond the sun devils appear to be here to stay and i think that herm edwards and company um have built up a a, a lot of cachet and and they're going to uh continue moving forward and and continue to recruit at a high level. Um, so, yeah, watch out for the Sun Devils in the Pac-12. All right, we're going to wrap there. Once again, I appreciate everybody joining, as you can see down at the bottom. Follow me on Twitter, at Zach underscore Barry. Um, follow Landry Football on Twitter. Go to LandryFootball.com. An insane amount of shows, content, podcasts, Everything that you could imagine is on Landry Football Network. Um, tune in to all the shows, like, subscribe. Um, I'll do this every Saturday morning. Um, get you ready for for eleven a.m. for the eleven a.m. slate. Um, if you want to, you know, listen to some recruiting talk while you get your college game day on, or if you drink your coffee, um, you sit outside, uh, enjoy the the morning. The morning air as we uh, as the calendar turns to fall, it's starting to to get to that point where it's nice to sit outside in the morning and get a little fresh air, get a little get a little brisk, get a little uh, get a little chill. Um, but like I said, we'll be here every Saturday morning, uh, 9 a.m. Central Daylight Time. Uh, so we uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being on here um, and I look forward to doing it more every week. We'll, uh, we'll talk more of recruiting as we get closer and closer to early signing day, get closer and closer to signing day in February. And uh, look forward to having some guests on to talk recruiting, to uh, talk national recruiting, to go, like I said, West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, Florida, Texas, Deep South. We're going to do it all. So thank you for joining. I'm Zach Berry. This has been Respect My Decision the inaugural episode. I appreciate you tuning in and uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Take care.